Welcome to the Teen Financial Freedom Podcast with co-hosts Jacob and Terry. Teen Financial Freedom is a personal finance blog run by teens who are on a mission to equip their peers with the knowledge, resources, and understanding they need to become financially free for the rest of their lives. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Teen Financial Freedom Podcast. Today, I'm here with Terry again, and we're just going to be doing a one-on-one conversation about financial independence. We kind of talked about this recently with Dan Sheeks. However, today we kind of want to talk about more how it can be done uh, in, in a simple, straightforward kind of way. Uh, and so we're going to be diving into that in a minute. Um, but just wanted to briefly touch on uh, the most epi- the most recent episode we just recorded was about how to get into real estate at a young age. Uh, and that's going to kind of play into what we're talking about here today. So definitely go give that one a listen and come back to this afterwards. You're going to understand, it's going to seem a bit more feasible to you how this um, can be done at such a young age. And that's just going to make everything make a lot more sense. So go check that out first and then come back to this and you'll, you're going to understand things uh, so much better. But Terry, do you want to start us off kind of explaining what financial independence is and maybe why someone would want to do that? I guess in the simplest way you could put it, financial the, the whole point of financial independence is in the name, the title of financial independence. It's simply about pursuing independence. And I, I know the word financial can throw a lot of people off because it can seem intimidating uh, to do with money and finances and uh, interest and loans and compound interest and all these saving money and budgets and all these other topics and buzzwords that get thrown out there. It can be intimidating to someone who's kind of a brand new to the whole finance world. But I would encourage you to not be intimidated uh, by it all because really the, the reason I get so excited about it is not because of all the, the numbers and the math and the money itself, but because of what the money um, provides. A lot of people will say that money is not the most important thing in the world and they're right. Oh, what's the Zig Ziglar quote? There's a Zig Ziglar quote. I'm pretty sure they're out there. Something to the effect of, Money may not be the most important thing in the world, but it sure is close up to there uh, with oxygen to where like, you know, oxygen might not be the most important thing in the world, but it's basically essential to your survival. And um, the whole idea behind financial independence is that um, you're pursuing the ability to live the life you want without having to work a job, without being forced to work a job just to live. Um, Because the worst spot you can be in is you just graduated college, you're drowning in debt, you're forced to take a job that you don't really like just to make ends meet, just so you don't get kicked out of your own house or you lose your car. And then fast forward 10, 15, down, 10, 15 years down the road and you're still paying off debt and you're trying to put your kids through college and or high school and you have all these other expenses pop up and you're trying to save for your retirement. And it's just not a very pretty, funny, like a pretty uh, picture. You want the ability to be able to live the life you want without being tied down to less than ideal positions or circumstances just because of debt or just because of a lack of money. You want to be able to be financially literate enough to make wise decisions to enable yourselves uh, to enable yourself to do what you want. So that's why I encourage even those who aren't money nerds like Jacob and I who enjoy doing this stuff, you know, like crunching numbers and doing spreadsheets. Um, that's not for everyone. And I totally get that. But even for the people who want to travel who make travel their big priority for life or who want to 
do something fun, like become a chess grandmaster or to, you know, be an esports gamer. If you build the financial independence at an early age, then you can do those things without worrying about making money. You can do what you love because you love doing it and you don't have to worry about making money from it. Uh, and that's a huge burden lifted off, lifted off your shoulders. And so that's why I feel so passionately, passionately about what we're doing at Teen Financial Freedom and just financial independence in general, because the whole idea is empowering and enabling everyone to be able to pursue the life um, that they want. Um, but with that, I'm going to let Jacob um, kind of lead us off with a few points of kind of like the nitty gritty details of financial independence and how you can get started, some principles behind that. Yeah, I love that, Terry. You nailed it. I guess what we're going to kind of be discussing today uh, goes off of a book that I recently read by J.D. Roth called How to Achieve Financial Independence and Retire Early. A lot of these concepts um, we knew about before, and we've talked about them before on the blog or podcast, um, but J.D. Roth did just an excellent job um, explaining all of this and sort of like the steps you need to take to get there. Like he laid it out after this, you do that. And then after this, you do that, you know? And so I I think it was an excellent book. I definitely recommend you check it out. We're going to just touch on a few um, of his points here, but there's so much here to offer. So one of the big sort of mindset shifts that he wants people to recognize um, is something that he calls your personal profit. Uh, And so he thinks that when people hear the word savings, they, they kind of cringe and they're like, Ugh, I don't want to save my money. I want to spend my hard earned money, you know, but what he, what he kind of realized was that people love the term profit, you know, like, Oh, profit's awesome. Profit's amazing. So he sort of rephrased it to where he's like, you know, really your, your savings is your personal profit. You know, it's, it's how much you have left over. Um, after you've used your income to cover your expenses and that amount Uh, That difference is your profit, it's your savings, it's whatever you want to call it, Um, but you need that amount to start to work toward financial independence. If you don't have that, you're you're just not going to be able to ever reach a stage of financial independence because you have to be saving money and investing to get to that point. If you're spending everything you earn, you're just not going to be able uh, to get there at any point, really. And so that's kind of the first key mindset. Uh, and really, the, the the way to do that, or there's two ways. One, you can either increase your income, or two, you can decrease your expenses. To increase your income, you could um, get a second job. You could um, start a business or a side hustle. You know, you could work more hours. You can um, do better quality work so you get a raise. You know, these are all things that he talks about. Uh, and then the other option is to decrease your expenses. He kind of um, goes after three main um, expenses. These are the biggest ones that people in America have. Uh, that is your housing, your food, and your transportation. Um, those usually are kind of what make up most people's spending habits. Uh, and so for housing, he talked about house hacking and also not buying a uh, super nice house, just buy something that fits for your lifestyle and is kind of on the lower end of what you could afford. Uh, and we just talked about house hacking in that last real estate episode we did. So go check that out uh, once again. But uh, that's kind of what you can do to decrease your housing expense. Then for food, he kind of just recommended getting creative, trying to eat out less. Um, you know, maybe growing your own food, you know, things like that for transportation. He recommended either public transportation, you know, using a bike, or if you're going to do a car, 
don't get a new car. Um, instead, you know, get an old car and that's just going to save you a lot of money in the long run. So those are kind of the uh, three main uh, methods you can use to decrease your expenses. And I'll note um, something when you said don't buy a new car, it immediately rang a bell with what uh, Mr. Dan, Dan Sheeks from a previous episode we've recorded mentioned. And one of the big things you threw out there as well was don't buy a new car. Um, when you're when you're a young person and you're buying your first one, he's one of the things he was like, you know, please just don't buy a new car, buy a used one, because personally he had, um, quote unquote, wasted a bunch of money on on new cars and the loans and the interest and all the things associated with that, and just the flat out depreciation after driving simply off the lot and one to two years later and your car is worth half as much. So that that's a that's a big one right there. Don't waste. Don't waste money on new cars, particularly if you can't really afford it. If you're a millionaire, that's a little bit of a different situation. But you know, point, yeah, point aside. So you start to increase that income, decrease those expenses, and you increase that personal profit, that difference between the two. And that's what you start to use um, to, to work toward financial independence. Um, so once you have this amount, uh, you need to save and invest it, you know, and We've talked about investing, you know, so much on our blog, on our podcast. So we're not going to dive too deep into this here, you know, just pick an index fund and stick with it for, you know, the entire time that you are, um, you know, saving and investing, you know, put that in, in IRA, uh, 401k, whatever you want. doesn't really matter. They're all, they all kind of um, work for you. The, the, the details don't really matter. It's more the principle um, of just saving and investing as much as you can. Uh, with that personal profit that you have. Um, but Terry, people people start to wonder, you know, like how much is enough? At what point can I be done? At what point am I financially independent? So a simple rule of thumb that a lot of people use, and by the way, to answer your question directly, it's it's hard to say because everyone needs a little bit of different amount. Um, so it's a question that's often thrown out there, how much do I need? Um, but there's really no one size fit all um, answer um, that'll give you an exact number. So it'll take a lot of number crunching, uh, specifically of the amount of money you're living off of right now, the amount of money you want to live off at retirement, uh, in particular, and then you can get a rough idea for how much you'll need to live off the interest of that sum of money. Um, but, a, but that said a rule of thumb that is used to get a rough estimate is something called, I think the 25 X rule or maybe, no, I think it's called the 4% rule. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's called the 4% rule. But the idea is that you take your annual expenses, however much you spend in a year. And Jacob, remind me, is it the expenses you have currently in this given year, or is it the expenses you want to have at retirement? Which one is it? Generally, they say you're going to spend about the same amount that you're spending now. So you can go off of your current. But I mean, if you want a different lifestyle in retirement, then you should use that amount. Yeah. Okay. Um, so you basically you take the the amount of money you want to be able to spend in retirement, or if you want a similar lifestyle currently that you as the one you have currently, you can use the amount of money that you spend in a given year right now. Um, I mean, if you're 17 and doing this, and you don't really have a full income yet, then you probably should just use a future expense uh, amount that you would come up with. Um, but so let's say you you know you want to spend 75 grand a year in retirement. I mean, that's a pretty hefty sum just spending, but let's say it is 75 grand. A year and expenses, you would multiply that times 25. And then you'll get um, on my calculator here, it says 1.875 million. So $1,875,000. And so that would be your goal to save up for is $1.8 million for a $75,000 income in retirement. 
But the, the key there is that you will save up that $1.8 million and then withdraw 4% per year. And roughly the math should work out that you'll have enough for the rest of your life um, to where if you can save up $1.8 million and withdraw just 4% per year while it's invested in also earning interest, you'll have enough to live off uh, for the rest of your life. Um, similarly, uh, there's another one called like a 3% uh, per year rule where you multiply whatever sum amount of money you need at the end of the year or I mean per year for expenses. Let's say it's a different one, like 50 grand. Um, you would multiply it times 33. Um, so 33 times 50 grand is $1.6 million. So with that rule, you can save $1.6 million and withdraw just 3% per year. And that's usually a little bit of a safer estimate. Just to recap briefly, um, the whole idea behind these rule of thumbs, or I guess, is it rule of thumb? Or rule, plural, rules of when them. there's two, I don't know. Yeah, rules of them, I don't know, <laughs> whatever it is. You essentially just get the amount of money you want to spend in retirement and then multiply that times 25x, 25, if you're going to withdraw 4%, but if you're going to, a little bit safer, then you multiply it times 33 to withdraw 3%. That's a little bit of math for you, probably all the math you'll need for this episode, so don't yeah. freak out. Okay. That's good to know. And I think people have a good understanding of that now. So the last thing we want to do with this episode is kind of share uh, our personal goals for reaching financial independence. So I guess I'm going to go ahead and start. Uh, we talked about real estate in that last episode. So if you listen to that, hopefully you kind of understand um, how my goal is to buy my first property a house hack by the time I'm 20. I'm currently 18. I have 15 months to do that. Uh, and then I'm going to live in that house hack for a year uh, and then repeat the process. And I'm going to do that hopefully four or five times and get to the point where I have five properties um, or so. And um, hopefully they are cash flowing about 60, 50, 60 grand a year. Um, would be ideal. And that alone can be some people's retirement. I'm hoping to kind of live a pretty luxurious life in retirement. And so that's not going to be my only source. Um, but I'm hoping to have a couple properties worth hundreds of thousands of dollars um, that are cash flowing, let's say 50, 60 grand. Okay. Uh, and I'm hoping to do that. I mean, basically from the time I'm 20 years old to 25 years old. Uh, and then at that point, I'm guessing I'm going to want to settle down where my, wherever my job is. Uh, maybe, you know, start, start a family, that kind of thing. Um, so for those few years from 25 to 30, um, I'm going to not be house hacking anymore. I'm probably not investing in real estate that much, but instead start just saving a ton of money and investing it um, into a 401k, into an IRA, that type of thing, um, trying to build up these stock portfolios that I have. And then my goal is by 30 to reach a stage of financial independence. And that my hope would be that basically my real estate cash flow could cover my expenses for, let's say, 10 to 20 years. And then I uh, start tapping into my stock portfolio 10 to 20 years down the line, maybe when I'm 40 or 50 or you know maybe even 60, if I can make it that long and start using that money sort of later in life. And that's uh, a method called coasting fire, where you kind of, um, you try to save as much as you can now and kind of set it away. And then you let it um, ride out with time and grow in value uh, while you kind of live 
I mean, still below your means. And then kind of once you reach that fully fire stage, I mean, later in life, you really have this money to spend as you wish. Uh, so uh, just to recap that for you, hoping to get my first real estate property by the time I'm 20, invest in those for a few years, um, and then start using my W-2 income after college a bit more seriously to invest into um, some stocks and then hopefully kind of reach a stage of at least coasting financial independence by the time I'm 30. And then I didn't mention this, but like Terry was talking at the beginning about kind of everybody has their why, that their thing they want to do. You know, for some people it's travel. I love travel. I'm going to do that a lot. But my big thing is actually running my own business. I'm an entrepreneur at heart and that's just what I want to do with my life. So I want to have the freedom to run my own business without having to worry about, you know, making money to make ends meet. You know, of course, everybody wants to make money, but I don't want to have to worry about, am I going to have enough money to support my family from my business? I want a bit more freedom there. Uh, and I think with that freedom, just going to come with a lot of fulfillment. Uh, so those are a couple of my goals. But Terry, what about you? Personally, um, very similar to, to how you're starting off. Uh, I started investing casually in stocks and stuff and index funds around the age of 12, 13, might've been 13, maybe it was 13, 14, might've been closer to what it was, 13, 14, somewhere around there. Then around the age of 15 or 16, I started getting into cryptocurrencies, which um, I started getting more seriously into those because the way I looked at it was, I mean, going from studying Warren Buffett, who's pretty risk averse to cryptocurrencies seems like quite the jump, especially when I was learning under people like Dave Ramsey. I mean, pretty sure both Dave Ramsey and Warren Buffett aren't really fans of crypto. Uh, so it seemed a little odd that a student of theirs would get into the crypto world. But the way I looked at it was I'm 16, 16 years old, 15 years old. Um, and around the time I was getting into it, it was, it was near Christmas. And I was like, I'm getting some dollar or some, some money for, for Christmas here, maybe like 30 bucks is a sum I remember in particular. Uh, and I was like, I can take this $30 um, out of this chunk of money I'm getting for Christmas. And I could spend it on a video game like Clash of Clans, but it would be gone for good. Um, that's that, like $30 is gone. Or I've heard of this Bitcoin thing like two weeks ago. I'm really curious what this is. So I'm going to throw it in Bitcoin, 30 bucks worth. I'm just going to watch what it does. I'm just going to kind of learn here. And so the, and I just, that's, that was kind of what got me into the whole crypto world and learning more and then uh, making money from there and multiplying investments. And so my word of caution with the crypto stuff is I didn't get into it to make a quick buck. Um, I got into it because I logically analyzed this scenario and I was like, I'm really young. I can afford to lose some money here. If it all goes to zero, I'll be fine. Um, it's not like my grandparents getting into crypto and losing their life savings. Um that they're retiring on. And so I was like, okay, I can afford to take a little bit of a gamble here, even though I'm not very knowledgeable in the crypto world. But then over, over the years, as time went on, I started to learn more about it and to learn how to protect myself and to protect myself from risk and to make more money. Um, there's a principle called asymmetrical risk and reward, which is in a book called Money Master the Game by uh, Tony Robbins. And I won't get into that yet in, in this episode. So say you were going to risk $10 to make a thousand, like that's a bet I would take um, any day because the idea is you could lose the bet. Um, you could lose that bet um, twice or three times or four times or even 10 times in a row um, and you'd be out a hundred bucks. But if you won the very next bet, um, you would still, like you would have made a grand. So, I mean, it might be a little bit confusing, but the idea is that you 
you risk 10 bucks to make a thousand. And that's a really good bet uh, because eventually you'll be right. And when you are, the, the risk is so much, or sorry, the, the reward is so much bigger than the risk that you make a bunch, you make, you make money from that. Um, so that was kind of the idea and the principle I apply to crypto, which is how can I le- risk the least amount of money to make the most? Um, and so I'm now I'm kind of diving more specifically into crypto here, but that's kind of uh, where I've started to put some of my focus um, to potentially make decent amounts of money uh, in the years to come that will fall into real estate and stocks and precious metals and businesses specifically, and these other um, areas of these other asset classes um, that like Jacob, I'm hoping as well to build a nest egg in a basket of these different assets like rentals and real estate and stocks that are earning dividends, um, a whole bunch of different things that will earn enough money and passive income for me uh, so that I can do whatever I would like. And personally, for the things I would I would like to do once I've achieved financial dependence is honestly more of just what I'm doing right now. I'm um, blessed enough to be able to pursue my passion um, as my means of making income, I guess. Because like Jacob, I'm an entrepreneur at heart. I love investing. I love being nerdy about things like money and crypto and uh, learning how to make money. I guess my whole, I love the idea of creating wealth. That's really exciting to me, but not wealth to hoard. And that's important. Um, and that's a topic or it's a principle I've been learning recently is that the, what's the purpose behind the wealth? And for me, the purpose behind the wealth is to leave the world in a whole lot better shape than when I came in. And I would love to be able to, whether my nest egg is $10 million, $50 million, $100 million by the time I'm gone. I mean, if you're devoting a lifetime of creating wealth, um, like Jacob said in a previous episode, you kind of underestimate what you can do in a year, but overestimate what you can do. No, sorry, got it wrong. Yeah, you, can, you overestimate what you can do in a year, but underestimate what you can do in a decade. It's essentially that principle. I'm trying not to underestimate what I can do in a lifetime. And my hope is that at the end of a lifetime, I look back and I'm like, wow, I lived you know, to my fullest potential. I created as much value for the people around me as I could. And I'm leaving an incredible legacy and inheritance for not only my personal family, but for the people who are working for me or I'm working with. And I don't know, hopefully I just inspire some other people along the way to do the same. And because if I, if I can help say three people to do um, a similar thing as I am to pursue financial independence, to um, be able to do what's on their heart, they'll be able to each help three and three and three and three and three. <laughs> and there you go. That's compound interest, but in people. Um, so is i just kind of rambled on there a little bit but my whole idea um the whole gist of my my strategy i guess is taking a look at asymmetrical risk and reward how can i make as much money as possible with the least amount of risk and benefit from my age and the time i have being smart about it and eventually diversifying or or always diversifying into different asset classes enabling myself to do what i want to eventually be able to empower other people to do the same so that's the gist of my story that's awesome my my goals it's so cool, man. Uh, you got a, a lot of knowledge in there and a lot of stuff you're working towards. So that's, that's awesome. But guys, we're going to wrap this episode up here. We hope you enjoyed kind of learning a little bit more about financial independence. And then hopefully you got some inspiration from Terry and I kind of sharing our goals going forward. Uh, feel free to reach out to us uh, on our website, teenfinancialfreedom.com. If you have any questions about our goals, 
how you could reach your own goals, you know, anything about this topic or whatever other topic you want. We'd love to connect with you guys. But other than that, uh, we're going to wrap this one up and we'll see you next time. See you guys. Thank you for listening to the Teen Financial Freedom Podcast. We would greatly appreciate it if you could subscribe, leave a review, and share this with someone who needs it. 